Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 17 of Six Point Weekend. This week we have Dave. Hello. And Ebony. Hi. And Ebony has some words to say. I'm Jonathan, but she's going to say these words first. Yes, of course, because we're also, as always, we're brought to you by Tasty Beverage Company. That's tastybeverageco.com. Have two wonderful locations in Asheville and in downtown Raleigh. And now in downtown Raleigh, they have their new koozies that feature both us and them. They're very cool. Head to their shop. Tell them Six Point Weekend sent you. Get a free koozie. They look amazing. They deliver now. Just all around amazing bottle shop right here in downtown Raleigh. They're very comfy. They are. They're so wonderful. And I love them. They just came in. They're fresh. Oh, my God. Thank you, Tasty Beverage, for the wonderful job that you guys did for those. Uh, we're also brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. That's at BGN.FM on Twitter, BGN.FM. Plus, we're on Patreon now. So get, uh, join us on Patreon. Become a uh, sponsor, uh, quote-unquote sponsor. Get all these extra cool things that we're doing, stickers, extra podcasts that we're going to be doing, all of the above. And we're friends of the pod at Soccer and Sweet Tea. Hashtag SNST fam. As always. Don't forget you. the Patreon URL. Oh, I'm sorry. That it is, is patreon.com slash six point weekend. Yes. Was that everybody? I think so. That was everybody. All right. All right. All right. So episode 17 of Six Point Weekend. We're almost to the beautiful soccer number of 18. It's yes. a good number. Um, meanwhile, um, happy World Cup. This is pretty good. Happy yeah. World Cup. Um, there were some pretty good matches to watch this weekend. Um, <laughs> I know I was with Evan who watched Spain-Portugal. That was great. Dave, what matches did you watch? Uh, I've been watching most of them during uh, during work, you know, while no one's looking. Um, been watching. I watched a little bit of uh, England-Tunisia today. Saw Belgium pretty much uh, wreck Panama today. Uh, Sweden got a very tight uh one nil win against uh South Korea. And it's interesting to see Tunisia losing in the ninety first minute. You know, it kind of follows the trend of all the African nations in the World Cup so far. You've got um Uruguay beating Egypt in the eighty ninth minute, yep. Morocco losing to Iran on an own goal yep. in the ninety fifth minute and I think we know how those Moroccans feel yeah. after Saturday. <laughs> Unfortunately, we were not immune to uh, to not getting bit by fate in the yeah. late stages of the matches. Um, twice. That's the worst twice part about this. Twice on the same yeah. night. Twice on the same night. It just, we oh. lose 1-0 games with goals scored in the 94th minute of so, both of them. Like FIFA wants to change the rules all the time. At FIFA, all matches are now two minutes shorter. Yes, Let's do that. <laughs> always. Yeah, you know, I, I, it would have, it would have helped us both, I'm sure. But I mean, on the one hand, you know, there are definite differences in the two matches. I mean, the NCFC game against uh, Nashville, the goal in that game was not exactly against the run of play. Right. Yeah, uh, Nashville had been knocking on the door for about. You know, at least a half hour late in that game, and they finally, you know, got their breakthrough. And not exactly an upset, all things considered. Just a really, really unfortunate goal with an unfortunate result. Whereas the courage, Brittany Radcliffe snatched our wig. Yeah. I mean, she just. I mean, that was just a brilliant individual play by her to to win the ball on a slide tackle, and then literally rise and fire, as Gus Johnson One might say. <laughs> One motion just gets up, turns around, and just paints the top corner. And the Courage had spent most of that second half knocking on the door themselves, and they just give up that one set piece, and then Brittany Radcliffe does that. And that's the second time she's done that against us. Right. From that side, from about that side of the, of the pitch. You know, she did that in the first uh, uh, first game as well when um, uh, Kate Rowland turned the ball over to her and she just pegged one in that same corner. All right, so that hurt, but we'll get to that um, yeah. later on in the podcast. I feel like it's, it's like a it's like a play. We just did an overture. We covered everything. <laughs> but um, let's go in a chronological order. Um, Wales played twice this week. 1-1, lost the other. 4-2 uh, win over Ottawa. 
um, was fun watching the goals really pour in there. Um, that was a much better evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about a little bit. that beautiful back heel in the first half. That was yeah. that was a thing of beauty. Indeed, I mean, uh, just all of the goals in there were really quite amazing. I mean, Mario Lomis. That that was my favorite goal. That goal. He just, scored that goal off the volley from Austin Deleuze while getting punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, that was, it, was, that was, it was it was a pretty remarkable goal. I mean, then you add you know, Connor, Con, you know Connor Tobin breaking out the turbot early on early in the game, in the game. after his goal, and I remember seeing on Twitter at least one uh, Ottawa supporter um, commenting. I think this was after our second goal, saying, "How the hell is the Fury down two nil in this game?" Because you will recall after that first goal in the first half, Ottawa really started putting putting on the attacking pressure and we were just able somehow able to absorb all of it uh and come back come back around for a second goal and i just reminded him as i remind all people if you seek justice do not look to football of course not no of course not it's, that whole game itself like it was i think honestly i think we played better versus nashville than we did versus ottawa but I think that's just because we definitely dug in more versus Nashville. Um, but it was a fun game. The Ottawa game was a fun game because we got to see a lot of offense. That was Lots of goals. Yeah. Lots of goals. Lots, lots of, of streamers. Of <laughs> I love streamers. So I think that was a very, very fun, fun evening. Like, you know, we weren't expecting a big crowd. Which we didn't get, but we never get a big crowd on weekdays. Nah, not on a weekday, but we did get a very decent sized supporters group. We got to throw a lot of streamers. We got to have fun. Like we haven't we haven't got to do that in a long time at home. Although I mean, we, I mean Atlanta seems like so far away. Like many, Atlanta many, many, and Ocean City. And yeah, all the, those, those amateur seem down. That we've those, yeah. Those seem far away, but they were like a month ago. <laughs> they weren't that long ago that we were playing at home and scoring all those goals. And we got back that to that to that night, and it was refreshing because a lot of people were like, where do we go from here? Well, now we see that they can score, and playing two forwards up top is still actively working, and we're not giving up late goals to tie or lose we played a whole def like we played a whole game which was fun but it wasn't like our best work but i mean sometimes i'll sometimes our losses tell the best story i think yeah you know, like you said you know, don't look to soccer for justice at all uh we played so well at home in the midweek go on the road to nashville and sometimes you know score lines don't reflect what actually happened losing 1-0 on the road really hurts i mean i've i've been the eternal optimist on this podcast all season long like we've talked at the beginning of the year we talked about is this club gonna be a playoff team and i've held firm to saying i really think this team can be a playoff team but it's the, the results have to start coming in at some time you know it would have been nice to come out with the draw um it's just it hurts to see it all slip away right at the edge of the match and it's just the number of times that that's already happened this year. I mean, you look at what happened against Bethlehem Steel. I mean, you look at, you know, the game against uh, Indy earlier this season. You look again at the game against Cincinnati. I mean, granted, Cincinnati's top of the table right now in the USL East. So losing to them, I think, isn't really that big a shock uh, or, or should be seen as a, a particular negative for this club. But as of right now, we are, you know, six points off the pace for a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. And the points need to start coming quickly. You know, if we hold on against Nashville, that's one point. We hold on against Beth Steele, that's three points. You know, and we're right there in the playoff conversation. So there's still time. But the more you see this team play, the more you start to wonder, you know, can they are they even capable of putting a streak together? I really want to see it. You know, I would like to see it. I'm just, I've reached the point where I'm not expecting it. That's all. I mean, we held them 
until the 94th minute, even though there was only supposed to be three minutes of stoppage. Whatever. Sounds uh, familiar. <clears throat> Cosmos. But I feel like we, like, if we're going to make it to the 93rd minute, I feel like we could have made it to the 94th minute, even if, no matter how long the ref was going to keep that, that game going. We we did a very good defensive job. Tobacco's made some amazing saves in that game to at least get a point out of that. He did get he did put on a very good performance, especially yeah. late in the game when Nashville seemed like they were just peppering the goal. So uh, Tambacus was coming up very big. Yes. And you mentioned Tambacus. Do we want to talk about the goal and some of the fallout from said goal? What I'm wondering is why Michael Harrington in particular decided to take his frustrations out on Tambacus at that point when Tambacus was doing really the bulk of the defensive work up until that goal. And I have to be honest, I have not been impressed with Michael Harrington this season. Yeah. I really haven't. And for him to have that kind of outburst, I mean, save that for the locker room, you know? I mean, you scored an own goal against Ocean City. You can slow your roll a little bit. <laughs> he... I thought he did well. I'm not gonna say great. He did very. He did well with beside footy for those couple of games, um, especially when we played Charlotte. Yes. Um, but then he kind of just like disappeared, and it's been kind of like a three back system because you don't really see him doing any of the the dirty gritty work that Connor would do, or that um, footy did when he was here. Um. But I do want to – but I think that also goes up to the midfield, too. Like, some of – like, Graham has not been the best this season either, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, I think, like, we've had – we have places all along in the field, like def- defense, midfield. I don't really think the forwards have been brought bad because – I think the forward play has been fine so yeah, far. I mean, you look at Rios and Lomas, I think they've been fine. Uh, well, I think Lomas you look out on the wings, I yeah. think Deleuze and Miller, I mean, they've been mainstays in this club for several years now, yep. and I think they're continuing to perform, you know, pretty well. But it, some of these guys that are getting starts are are not producing, but we have no way to replace them. So what what do we do? Especially when you you're constantly getting these one nil losses or these two one losses after being up for so long how do you fix that how, where where do you look to because that that goal was a lapse of judgment like i do i do think set pieces is something that we can work on yeah yes i agree with that i mean cincinnati the first goal um of course the the goal that was in the the nashville match um what other I, multiple chances that have come off corners and free kicks i mean we've been able to create off of those as well um especially last year we had lance lang banging in goals mm-hmm. but is set piece defending i mean that's something that a lot of clubs talk about a lot of fans of a lot of supporters talk about but i do think for us it's something we can definitely improve on going forward in the season i agree yeah. i agree i i would like to see you know, a mid-season signing or two, if that's even possible for this club, something that might bolster the defense, whether it's just a lone player or, you know, someone to come in for half a season and just solidify things a little bit. You know, maybe a central midfielder, you know, someone who can play like the old Amir Lowry position, you know, because we don't really have someone like that now. And I think that would be a big boost for this club to have, you know, someone who can get who can get stuck in in midfield and in defense. I feel like this should be the part where we turn to uh FC manager uh KP <laughs> to say what we should do with this club. So, I mean, we're we're starting to round out to the midway point. I mean, you can look at 4th of July as being halfway through the season. I feel like uh, we have well, Louisville City coming up this weekend. Yep. Then at Richmond and then at Pittsburgh and then Charleston at home, which I guess you can say you're starting the, the back end of the season. I feel like, you know, there's, there's three matches. If we come out of that with a minimum, minimum of four points, I think we can be okay going forward. I think we're going to need more than that. And I don't think we're going to get more than that from those from those four games. That's the problem. Louisville is second right now. Pittsburgh is third. You know, Richmond, 
you know, they're not doing particularly well themselves, but, you know, they have played well against us. And Charleston, you know, that's a rivalry game right there. Right. So, I mean, that that could be one of those games where everything goes out the window, assuming anyone remembers the fact that we do have a rivalry against the Charleston Battery. You know, we we took the, the Southern Derby Cup from them in 2008, mm-hmm. I believe. Or was it, it 2007? It was one of those. It was one of the er- it was one of the early years where we went down there and we won two one and and celebrated in their pub. And by the way, Charleston Battery they have the Three Lions Pub in the stadium. Fantastic. I'm sure we've mentioned that here before, but yeah. it's a fantastic place for any soccer fan. They have more memorabilia than you can possibly imagine. Is that Charleston game the first game of our? Um Southern Derby again? I believe so. I think yeah, so. Yeah, that is okay. So that not only is that a game that we must win in terms of like standings, but like supporter standings as well. Like we have a lot on the line now too. Yes, right. and we see we see them twice in a month. We have them July seventh, and then again at home on August fourth. We actually see we see Pittsburgh twice in the same time span as well. Jesus. So it's a it's a little nassel throwback. <laughs> Know your enemy kind of thing. <laughs> but um, what about you, Ebony? So these upcoming three matches, four points, more or less, what do you see? Oh, so I would be okay with five. So I think we definitely need to win at home this weekend. And then two draws I would be okay with, um, especially against Richmond. Richmond, we, Richmond has been a sneaky, silent, good team. Um, I wouldn't mind a draw, but I'm hoping, like, I wouldn't mind a win, but I'm realistically going for a draw there. I um, actually think Richmond is probably our best chance of winning a game here in the next four games. Uh, I think if we, if we can, you know, learn from our mistakes in that first game and put together a game plan that works, then we could probably come up, we could potentially eke something out. I think I think a draw is probably more likely. Yeah. You know, this time around, but I think in terms of opportunities to actually get three points, that one is probably our best opportunity at this stage. So we've talked about this team, and I was wondering, like, what's the one thing that needs to happen? And one thing we've always focused in on over these past few weeks, or actually really just all season long, is just chance creation and the finishing of chances what does this team need to do differently to capitalize because we see the ball coming down the wings all the time crosses being whipped in left and right we see shots going just wide of the post what does this club need to do differently in your eyes i feel like more central attacking would be good i feel like if you're able to play a little route one football every once in a while just to throw off your opponents um i feel like Putting together a better counterattack would be good for this this team as well. I think if they can absorb some pressure and then quickly move forward, because you've got players like Miller and Deleuze who are capable of that, who are capable of of you know getting out into the open. And if you get them into the open field, they can you know give them some space. They can make things happen. So and getting you know making sure that Rios and and Lomas and Iwolo you know, whoever our our strikers are at that point are able to get forward and have those opportunities as well. Because I feel like it's easy for defenders to close them down right now. So mm-hmm. getting that width is one thing, but also being able to attack in the middle. So what does Becker better. play in there? I would imagine Becker would be, you know, that central mid who would be, you know, behind the strikers. And this is where, again, we're having a good defensive midfielder who can go in and, you know, clean things up and distribute the ball, you know, the way Amir Lowry or even Nick Millington used to do. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ebony? What do we need? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely see Dave saying go through the middle. Um, I mean, just try something different. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I think... Mine was going to be about not exactly the same as playing through the middle, but I guess technically it is because we were using DJ Taylor a lot on the wings, using Awolo on the wings a little bit more, using Austin on the wings a lot, Steven on the wings. You know, we're all of these crosses are coming in. There's no real like possession. It's just get it out wide, bomb down the field, cross it in, hope Rios gets up forward. 
and I think I think Dave's right. We we need to we need to take a different look at it and try to get through the middle more because it's going to be harder now because everybody knows our tactics. Yeah. Get it to get it to Steven, get it to Austin, cross it in. Hope for the best. It's like we're playing long ball FC right now, which is a little weird. Yeah. I don't really like it. So I I think I think a not a formation change um because we need two up top. Just we need two up top. But we've been most successful with two up top. Yeah. I think I think that needs to stay the same, but it's just how you get it to them needs to change a little bit more. Yes. So NCFC, 13 matches in, 13th place, 14 points, 8th place right now, 20 points. So a lot of the season left to go. Hopefully we'll be able to go forward and try to get some more points and make our way into the playoffs going forward. But now we'll take a break. We'll come back with second half of the show and talk about the courage, and apparently they can be beaten. How about that? That's a lie. It is a lie. It's a surprise. We'll be back in a bit. <laughs> All right, ready? Three, two, one. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Six Point Weekend. Uh, we are now in the second half of our show. It's the part we talk about the North Carolina Courage, and we've usually been able to come back with a report of saying how we won this week or we scored this many goals and we came out with a draw, and unfortunately... I'm sorry, we had a game this week? It didn't happen. Yeah, you know what? I'm actually on board with you. Strike everything I just said from the record. Um, our show is over. I, would, I, would, I, would, I wish I could go along with you, but I was there, and I saw how far your jaw dropped at the end of that game because I know I was picking mine up off the capo stand at that point. Oh, I my think God. You could, you could hear the sound of 5,100 jaws dropping it at was the unbelievable. end of that game. It was unbelievable. That's, you know, that's honestly on par for goal of the year. The yeah. one that won that match. You know, I voted for that goal for goal of the week because it deserved it. It was yeah, it was it absolutely deserved it. It was a fantastic individual play. And and that's part of the problem with this team is that the finishing let them down. It ultimately. finally came to bite though. Yes. It I mean it this team's been able to overcome it pretty much all season long. Yeah. You know, where they have these games where they just you know, they take a million shots but they only get a few on frame and they manage to get that one in and their defensive effort is generally good enough that it can overcome the finishing problems we've been saying for a while now that the finishing would come the goals would come and they certainly did two and a half weeks ago in portland oh god yes but that was two and a half weeks ago before five of our players went out on international duty one, one of hurt. them came back injured Get well soon, Abby Dahlkemper. Four came back tired. Four came back. I don't know how tired they were. I mean, McCall Zerboni didn't look tired yeah, at all. But really? Does she ever look tired? That's true. <laughs> she never looks tired. That's true. But this was the time where, you know, we weren't able to, you know, get the ball in the net when we should have. And as a result, we were vulnerable to exactly, you know, that kind of brilliant individual play. Which is crazy because... They had plenty of chances to score. Like, they had a one go off the, like, right off the crossbar, a couple that just went just wide. Denise O'Sullivan, I know, banged one right off the crossbar in front of us late in that yeah, game. Yeah, one went off the post, mm -hmm. like, towards the set for beginning of the second half. Jess had some very good headers that just went wide. Like, we had the chances. What was it, 15 shots, four mm -hmm. on goal. Mm -hmm. Like, something has to give there. And because nothing did, that Radcliffe pops right up after Hinkle overruns her, turns and fires it, and it's right in the net. And you're just like, everybody, Roland couldn't do anything about it. Nobody, everybody just had to watch it go in because it was that good of a ball. Yeah. Like, it looked like she took a free kick. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, this is one of those pure desperation moments it's late in the match you've got the ball you realize where you are so you might as well just try it just shoot just try it just shoot like that's all she did was she are, are, popped are you right up referring to perhaps uh a certain mr dempsey against juventus <laughs> good times <laughs> <laughs> because it was the, that was really the same kind of thing where it was like oh dempsey's just having a dig mm -hmm. and 
manages to paint that top left corner much the same way Brittany Radcliffe did against us. Yeah, right. you know, let's... Uh... And, and you have to admit, it's been a long time since I have seen physically the air go out of an entire stadium. It was so quiet. It, it was... got so quiet in a hurry. I mean, I haven't seen anything like that in any sporting event since... Austin Rivers hit that three. In oh, the not oh God, that three! It was like it went from deafening to silence. silence. Just absolute like, silence. When, it, when the ball hit the bottom of the net, you could hear a pin drop. Yes, in both same same and cases, so, both venues. <laughs> both, yeah, absolutely, in both venues. You could was, just hear. You could it just everyone just went. Oh my God. That and just happened. Literally, the only sound you heard was the Utah bench. Yes. Yes. That was it. That was it. Like, cause all, cause it was a fantastic game. We we had our chances. It was it was a little like it got touchy back and forth a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. We no. still we kept them out. Like they kept us out. We kept them out. Smith was having a game. Roland had a couple good saves, but the the fans were. Loud. They were energetic. They were into it. They were into it. We had a we had a very good we had a good decent sized crowd for more than five thousand. Yep, fifty one hundred. Fifty one hundred plus. Yep. A supporter supporter section was was raucous and crazy, and they had fun too. Mm -hmm. But like up to the ninetieth minute, we were having so much fun. And And then that happened. And that happened. And. And I, I will say I this, was... though. I think we should give some credit to uh, Laura Harvey, oh, the, yes. the Royals manager, for the game plan that she put together. They, It was a very defensive game plan, but it was also one that took a, num- a few of our key players really out of the game. Yeah. You notice in that game, Jay Hinkle did not do very much. She didn't have and, a good game, no. no there was the, and that's largely because the defense took her out of the game. Yeah. They that whole idea of attacking down the left-hand side that we've done so well all season was gone. Yep. It's gone. And that took, you know, a huge chunk of our attack out of the game. And now you do have to admit that Kaylee Kurtz does have one hell of a long throw on her. Yeah. I didn't know that before. We always count on Jess McDonald to do those long throws, you know, from, you know, towards goal. The, the little Rory DeLapp action, for those of you who remember when Stoke City first came up and Rory DeLapp was just throwing these ridiculous Practically long into the balls. goal. In, yeah, practically <laughs> into the goal, or at least right on top of someone's head yeah. so that they could get it in. So Jess McDonald, not quite Rory DeLapp, but she's very, very good at that. Well, we also discovered that Kaylee Kurtz, also very good could at that. Could put it right on somebody's so, head if they needed to. Yeah, exactly. And and it, it was good to see, you know, someone someone else being able to do, you know, make that kind of play, which opens up possibilities for set pieces down the road. Now, of course, Kaylee Kurtz was only playing because Abby Dahlkemper was hurt. So the question is, do you see, you know, how many more opportunities will she get to do that? That's a good question. So we don't know the extent of Abby's injury. That is true. Could have just been like, oh, it's fine now, but let's rest it just to give it mm-hmm. a chance. Or it could be three to four weeks out and we don't know how long. We don't know. But she she fills in well. We've yes. seen that in the past. <laughs> yes, she so. does she does fill in well. I mean she's she's performed ad I mean she's started three games now, I believe. Yeah, so there was a the, she started in the Houston game. Yeah. So and and then she she did well enough there. And there was one the game, was the game before, before that. that? Um, there was one game before that where Abby missed out because of the the um, medicine thing. Oh yeah. That thing. Forgot all about that stupid thing. Oh, um, yeah, that was weird. Yeah. And then um last night, not last night. Saturday. Monday, Saturday night. Oh, these days are getting long. <laughs> <laughs> World Cup fatigue. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> All of the football. I, I was I was up for the six a.m. France game and the eight a.m. It's been a lot of it's been a lot of soccer. Saturday, if if you did not watch any ounce of soccer on Saturday, something's wrong with you. Oh, you missed because, out. Yeah, you missed out on a lot. Soccer was from eight a.m. to last kick was at eight thirty. So you had soccer. All day, 
Like, that's a great day of soccer. Shout out to our Viking friends in Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> who saw the great Messi come to their shores and held him off. That's so... Messi should, Messi should stop taking PKs, but let's, we'll get into that afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah we'll talk about that later. So, but let's, let's finish up here on the Courage. I mean, it's a kind of a tough stretch coming up for them right now because they've got road games against Seattle and um, Orlando coming up next, including that's one, one that's like a 3.30 kickoff in Orlando. I can't imagine that's going to be That's not going to be fun. Cool. I'll be there for that game, and that's not going to be. I don't even want to go to that game. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want to go to that game. I'm so excited for that game. But, but that's a lot of cross country, you know. But so that's, that's also a, it's also number two, uh, number two in the league in Seattle, yep. and number three and, in Orlando. Yeah, and the only reason Seattle is above Orlando is because they have a game in hand. Orlando has been on fire. Yes. these last couple of games. I mean, and, they were on fire the last time we played. Them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were. Three? Well, we won four, four three. three, four three. Seattle has been stagnant a little bit they just drew nil nil i believe it was nil nil um but uh pride just won three two against sky blue uh for a late goal late goal for them two goals from sydney Sydney larue she she's balling out i'm just kind of surprised she's coming back into it um so we now we have to go across the country um, and play Place. Probably, pr- probably the big. That's probably going to be the biggest challenge they face so far this season. I previously I said that Portland would be the biggest challenge, yeah. and they handled that one extremely well. Yes. So there is that. Um, the question is, can they handle a Seattle Rain side with Megan Rapino back in the lineup? Yeah, they, they have, have to have an answer. for Two her. seasons, and we have not played Seattle. That had a Megan Rapino in the no, lineup. No, we did last year. Remember Taylor no. Smith had that amazing performance against Rapino. Oh, it was a last, late game. Yeah, late, there, last yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a really late game, though. So, so. we need to have, yeah. you know, Merritt Mathias. I think is going to need to step up against her in particular. So that's going to be a matchup worth watching. I have but, uh, fun with stats for you, Dave. I know you like stats. So, so number one, the courage against number two Seattle and number three Orlando coming up. Kurt's still 11 points ahead of Seattle. Yeah. Have 30 points, Seattle is 19. So of the top three, they've mm-hmm. played a combined 36 matches. Okay. Only one-sixth of those have been combined losses for the top three teams. We've lost once, Seattle's lost twice, Orlando's lost three times. Oh. Wow. So we have our work cut out for us going forward. Um Granted, we we talked about early in the season how like if we kept winning, we could run away with the shield, which would be tons of fun. Yeah. But with the fact that we're eleven points up and Seattle has two games in hand, and one of those is against us, but just for for fun and for um, oh man, I'm gonna miss the word here, but just, shits and giggles. Yeah, let's do <laughs> that's, that one. That's, that's fine. Um, yeah. Let's assume that they have six points out of that. So that puts them up to twenty-five, and they're only five points off us. With the uh, with the same number of matches, so courage need to keep the pedal to the metal. Um, it'll be interesting watching them this week, and especially going on the road into two tough situations. Watching how they reba- rebound from a loss, and they haven't lost since what last October, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be interesting. I mean, what this- does this? But what does this loss do to this team? Does it does it mess with their mind a little bit, or does it propel them to go? I never want to feel that again. I don't think it's going to mess with them too much. I think, I mean, if anything, it's going to be Seattle that messes with them because they're a very good team. Yeah. Um, But I don't think one loss, I think this team is mentally strong enough that one loss is not going to have a huge impact on them. I mean, they came off that loss in the final last year and immediately opened this season with, you know, 13 13 unbeaten. 12. 12, that's right, excuse me, 12 unbeaten. I wish it was 13 unbeaten. But alas, yeah, nine, exactly. So, you know, they've, you've seen them lose games last year and rebound from them quite well. And it's just about the same team. So I think this is a team that is very capable of rebounding from a loss, and we'll see um, if they're up for it. I, I think they will be. I think this is going to be a very competitive match on Saturday. I mean, other teams are helping us out as well, though. They... If you look at the results from the last weekend, so Chicago and Portland tied. Uh, 
Orlando beat Sky Blue. Um, and Seattle tied with Washington. So that was a good result for Washington. Yeah. Oh, I that's mean, absolutely. Yeah. Like, they have a lot of people out right now. Like you could, I think it's quicker to name who isn't injured, and then just throw them in eleven, throw them <laughs> in the starting eleven at that point. <laughs> but. But yeah, that was a that was a very good result for uh, for the spirit to be yeah. able to hold the rain. Yeah, absolutely. Like before, like I just think we're gonna be. I think we're gonna be fine. Like you said, mm-hmm. I think that this one result doesn't change who they are. They're very. They're still gonna be in a very attacking team. It's not like we. It's not like that loss means we lost Crystal Dunn and Lynn Williams and Darian Jenkins and <laughs> Lynn Williams and, and Jess McDonald and yeah and McCall Zerboni yeah we didn't we didn't Lewis lose the players we just lost the one game just lost the one game and so they're gonna still do the same amazing things they do week in and week out. I think we'll see. We might see some tactical changes at at the most, but I think the resolve of this team remains quite strong. I think they put O'Sullivan back in just because I think because she had a lot of travel, yes. so that's why she came off the bench. She's gonna definitely get I, thrown back. I in I understand there. exactly why she came off the bench. Yeah. I don't think there. Were, I had no problem with that. Hamilton held her own though. She was very good. Hamilton did well. Yeah, she. I think she had a shot on goal, didn't she? Not. I, I believe so. so. Yeah, so I thought. Yeah, so I mean, this team has shown that it has depth and positions, and I mean, we definitely found that out when we played Houston. Mm-hmm. But you know, even with our stars here, we still have have some depth and that hasn't changed the team hasn't changed i think going into seattle they're going to be even hungrier um and then it's just going to be about getting from seattle down to orlando going cross country twice in a week Mm -hmm. i think that's going to be the hardest part on their bodies is going cross country all that that many times you know all right so do the same thing we did for the uh for the whales two matches coming up Four points over under. I'll start with you, Ebony. Two road matches at Seattle, at Orlando. Four points. I'm going to give it to him dead even at four points. I will as well. Yeah, you know what? I actually agree with that. So, okay. So, let's go around. I want to ask you, where do you, where is the win? Orlando. I think it's going to be Seattle. I think they're going to surprise us. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Seattle as well. Just because of how bonkers that last Orlando match was... I really think they'll probably be able to hold us to a draw this time around, especially going back into their place. So, but the thing is, when so when we play in Orlando, uh, not saying that Orlando's a bad crowd. Yeah, okay, I'm saying Orlando's <laughs> a bad crowd. <laughs> they, Please direct your emails to ebony. <laughs> Please send it my way. I will take all your tweets, everything. That's at ebony. Ebony C25. Go ahead, at me. I don't care. It's The fans are great, but it's not a great crowd. We have a 10,000-seat stadium, and we sold out 5,100. We sold 5,100 seats. They have how many seats? 19,000. And they sold 4,000. There was a lot of aluminum the last time we watched. Yeah, like that's a lot of people dressing up as empty seats. Yes. Um, And the fact that your team is now on this great winning streak while your men are on a six-game skid and you just fired your coach and you still can't get butts in seats is a problem. It's a, it's a very big problem. How, do you, how, how does Alex Morgan not get butts in seats? That's a great question. Alex Morgan. Everywhere Cindy Alex LaRue. Morgan goes, she gets butts and seats. Marta. And you Marta. Have Marta. Like, you have Ashlyn Harris. You have Ali Krieger. You have household names. And yet. And World Cup champions. And World Cup champions. Sorry, Marta. But. <laughs> <laughs> and you still cannot sell out. At least your supporters section. I don't care if the rest of the stadium is empty. If you don't have your supporters behind you, what are you playing for? Ebony, sorry, Marta. I'm not. Oh, <laughs> oh no, no, no. You deserved everything in that 2011 World Cup. But <laughs> but that's the, that's my issue. Like, players are, players are seeing these same empty seats over and over again each week. At some point, you're going to stop. You're going to stop caring about what you're playing for. Like, at least to me, if, if I was that, if I was in that city, where you had Orlando City B come up, get MLS, go to ML, like you go to MLS, 
You fill out your stadiums every week. Your men are losing three to four goals, losing by three to four goals every week, home and away. But yet they're still packing your stadium. And then your women come in and they are get, amazing. They're amazing. They're on a what three game win streak? Yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. They beat Chicago. They beat Sky Blue at home by hefty goals. You came close to beating. Um, the courage and lost four three in a back. That's a seven goal game. Mm-hmm. Chicago was a six goal game. Sky blew five goals in a game. Yeah, they've only dropped one of their last eight matches, and that was us. There you go. Someone's going to score in Orlando. Someone's going to score. <laughs> Someone's going to score in Orlando. Four what's goals or predi- nothing. What's, what, what's your prediction? Goals. goals. Yeah, goals. Lots of goals. I mean, four three the last time we played. I, I, I'm, I'm going I'm four really, two. 4-2 um, Courage. I was going to say 3-3 three, three in that match. Oh, wow. That's why, that's why I saw it as a draw. Like, I, I see it as another, like you said, there's there's going to be goals. It's going to be there's another be exciting match. Yeah. I just don't think one of the teams is going to separate. Remember when we went to D.C. and it was like seven of us versus a whole stadium or quote-unquote stadium. We were louder. You could hear us clearly over the broadcast. That's how I want to be in Orlando. It's going to be like five of us, maybe, cheering for the Courage in their stadium. But I want to be so loud that they come over to the wall and say, why are you here? Like, they put us in another section. Like, I'm that obnoxious. I will be that obnoxious at that game. I don't think they'll say, why Why are you here? I think they'll just thank you for being there. You know, I think because traveling support is so hard to come by. Yeah. Especially, you know. Especially, you know, when teams are spread out so much yeah. across the country. I mean, you see Orlando fans come here. You know, you'll see Sky Blue fans come here. You, There were maybe, what, three Utah Royals supporters? Or at yeah. least I saw three Utah Royals jerseys I saw, last I saw Saturday. Like one, I saw two jerseys. Two Utah Royal jerseys, but it had O'Hara on the back. So, right. I don't know. I don't know. I think they're O'Hara fans that bought Utah jerseys. Right. Which which is fine. That, that happens. Like, you know? support. Hey, yeah, spend exactly. that money. Whatever. But Yeah, come buy a ticket. Yeah. It's a great show. So, Courage going on the road at Seattle, at Orlando, before they come back home. Um, I don't know. I really just want them to start winning again, which is going to be very soon. Yeah. They have been winning. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, I mean that it I think we're just feeling we're both feeling down because, you know, two games lost in the ninety fourth minute in the same weekend and it's like kind of hurts. Yeah, it it you feel so gutted afterwards. You know? You just you you need to do a little, you know, you need to go do your self care routine after something like that. And hopefully have, have a beer. Yeah. Have a beer. Hopefully next week we'll be back talking about a six point weekend. It'd be really great. Uh, we, we haven't had a lot of those. We haven't. But we're there in spirit. We did have a nine-point week, so hopefully we'll we'll be training back in that direction pretty soon. A um, couple other things going on around the city. Uh, next month, end of July, we have the Oak City Classic. Um, we talked about how much fun it was last year to be here at London Bridge Pub and Architect. Um, you can register for that online, oakcitysupporters.com slash classic. Um, Ebony, you can also follow us um, and give us some money on a Patreon if you like what we do. That's going to be at patreon.com slash sixpointweekend where we'll be doing different tiers, get different things. You know, we're going to be doing some extra podcasts with some extra cool people. Hopefully we can get some players on, get some get some of the crew from NCFC and NC Courage on. Some really cool things happening there. Um, also, we're, we're giving you stickers. Yes, I love we're stickers. You stickers. If you don't love stickers, something's wrong. Everyone loves a sticker. Everybody loves stickers. Get your stickers. Yes. All right, so um, every week, as we always do, we use the hashtag Ask6PW, allow you to ask us some questions, and we're going to answer uh, a few of those right now. We're going to go a little bit out of order. We'll, we'll come back to it. Um, so start with uh, Drew. Um, in the last 10 matches, NCFC is... 4-2-4 and four with 16 goals, 4-12 and 12 against, which comes to 1.4 points per game. But two of those are losses against a really good Cincinnati team and a Nashville team on the road. Um, is that an acceptable group of results over 10 games? Yes or no? Uh, I would like to see some fewer losses. 
I mean, perhaps with the personnel that we have, you know, four, two, and four is effectively, you know, 500. Right. Uh, so, but personally, I would like to see, you know, if, you know, I would like to see this team do more to hold games on the road, you know, to, to get results and to be able to win at home. You know, I'd, I'd like to see more of that as well. I don't think that's asking too much of this squad. And that particular pace throughout the rest of the season is not going to get us to the playoffs. Yeah. We have to be able to have a higher average points per game. Um, I I don't think that's acceptable. Um, only because when you look at those games, you see a lot of you see a lot of those games where when we were up and then we were down very quickly. Um, so some of those, a couple of those four, like four losses, could have been ties or even wins. So if if we were if those games were like blowout games and you were just kind of like, yeah, okay, yeah, that loss makes sense. But some of these losses were when we were up one nil in the eighty third, and then we they scored two goals in the eighty third and eighty fifth yeah. minute. And we Beth Steele turning that game upside down yeah. was yeah. rough. Like games where we held them, like the Nashville game, where I wasn't expecting a win, but that draw was right there, and it quickly became one nil. And, and then loss. there was the game at Richmond as well, where they scored late on on us to uh, get that win. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that was a that's a point gotten away. The that Nashville game, game is a point gotten away. The best deal game is three points gotten away. Yep. You know you get those five points right there, you're in the playoff hunt. Yep. So the results they've got to improve. You know I'm gonna say, I'm gonna take a, a very baseball approach to this. You talk about the Mendoza line. It is two hundred. You're hitting 199, you're under the line. 1.4 points per game is not a point and a half. You know, you'd like to get a point and a half. That comes out to three points every two matches, which is a win, which is true 500. Try to push that up forward. Try to get, you know, 1.1 and three quarters of a point per game is pretty good. So if you could try to strive towards that. Under a point and a half is 500, like you said. It'll get you mid-table. But it's not going to put you in the playoffs. So yeah. I really – and the question I think was, is it acceptable or expected for this team? I don't – we go back to March, we all expected a lot more out of this team. Yeah. Definitely from where we are right now, we all expected a lot more. I've always, like I said earlier, I've been the eternal optimist. I really – I'm holding firm to the point that this team is going to turn. They're going to start picking up forward. But – but really, when, I, I do think this is less than expected for the team. I think there needs to be at least one key personnel change that has to happen on this team before we really see um, a change in the results. And I'm thinking back to, you know, for reference to this, I'm thinking back to 2010 when Landon Donovan joined Everton. Everton was not having a great season that year. I think they were only getting about 1.1 to 1.2 points per game. Landon Donovan came into the lineup. Suddenly they were getting 1.9 points. He scored in his debut, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and so so suddenly Landon Donovan was the spark plug that drove Everton back up into towards the top half of the table and into Europa League contention. So I don't know where we're going to find that kind of spark plug outside of the club to bring in and help drive things, but I feel like it something like that needs to happen and fairly soon for this club to have a real chance of turning things around. Yeah. All right, so our, our next question comes from Simon. He talks about personnel changes. Uh, his question, assuming Clark ever leaves, would you rather a current former USL coach familiar with the league or maybe a fire MLS coach who's talked about Jason Christ, who is announced uh, firing came uh, during a brilliant news dump time of right <laughs> after Ronaldo scored his hat trick. It was really great timing. Whole, on whole part. News dump. Oh, like, yeah. that, was, that was great. If you really want to hide a story, you know, <laughs> do it in the middle of a Ronaldo, do it in hat the middle trick. Of a Ronaldo hat trick. <laughs> when Friday afternoons just won't do for <laughs> burying a story. Do it, you know. The, do it during a massive event happening at the biggest sporting event on the planet. The extra special Friday news dump. Yes. Um, 
But yeah, it's, it's a good question. I mean, do you want to go with somebody who is familiar with the league that they're going to? I feel like league familiarity only goes so far. If you can coach a team, then you can get what you need out of that team. I I agree. I think having an experienced coach, I would I'd love to have someone like Jason Christ, you know, managing this club. Just let's see what he can do. You know, let's see what a new manager can bring to this club. You know, someone who is coming from outside of the league and who can, you know, look at this team for what it is and determine, you know, the best thing that can happen to it. Um, I just want. It doesn't have to be a former USL coach because then you run into like the problem within like the NFL where bad coaches get fired and then they just circle around to another bad team. They do horrible for two seasons. They get fired. Circle Fuck around. Cues. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Davey. Okay. <laughs> I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So no, I, I want a coach that's going to – I want a coach a la Paul Riley that's going to get the most out of his players – Make them feel empowered and get results because that's what Paul Riley is doing. So, what I'm saying is, Paul Riley needs to coach both teams. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. Unfortunately, no, I think that would no. he'd probably be spreading himself just a little bit too thin. Um, but yeah, I I think uh, having someone approach this team with fresh eyes to determine what would be, you know, good for the team, not necessarily knowing anything about the league, I think would be a great thing to have for this club. And as far as hiring a, a fired MLS coach, the MLS coaches that are on the potential of being fired are not looking good right now. Yeah, no. Mm. Colorado, for some, for some reason, the Colorado coach still has a job. I don't San get it. Jose. Oh, yeah, he still has a job. I don't get it. So, I don't know. You, I guess in in the in the framing of this question, you probably take probably a, a former USL coach or a current USL coach to try to turn this around. Um, hope we answered your question. I, I think we did a good job of that. Mm. Um, Brian asked, "Would NCFC benefit from switching from a more technical, short, precise passing mentality to junking it up a bit more with long balls over the top?" Our three fours have shown they can outrun most central defenders in a two forward system, and they have support to press the attack without waiting for the midfield. I think we actually we talked about that, that a little one, bit yeah. already before. Uh, we'd like to see him play more through the middle. Yeah, That's definitely. I like. I'd like to see him play more through the middle. I'd like to see more of a counter attacking style that where they can absorb some pressure and then be able to push forward yeah. from there. And I, you know, when you're able to get you know three on three or two on two or you know even you know, even a one-on-one -on -one attack if you can pull it off. So being able to have, you know, that, being able to bring that sort of style in, especially when someone isn't expecting it, I think that would be a great thing for this club. Um, he also asked about the courage. You know, they have to start a new streak now. And his question was, do you think that that loss had been more of, of fatigue or have these clubs figured out this team after this 12-match unbeaten streak? Well, Laura yeah. Harvey might have figured out this team yeah. after this unbeaten streak, and I suspect there will be a lot of clubs in this league that will be looking at tapes of her of you know Courage versus Royals games to determine you know what Laura Harvey did in Laura? order to keep this team you know in check. So I think that's I, you know that's always a possibility, but. I also think Paul Riley is a smart enough coach that he knows how to change things up and be able to get, you know, even more from his players. I think teams know how we play. I mean, we've played the same way for two seasons now. Well, even when we we're in, even when the team was in New York, they played the same style. I think mm -hmm. um, it won them a championship, um, and it got them to a championship last year, um, and it got them a 12-run unbeaten streak this year. Um, it's just no team was ever. <laughs> Stop it until, because even Laura Harvey had a hard time stopping it when she was in Seattle last year. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a difference in between, like you like you're saying, knowing how a team plays and stopping it. Yeah. You know, for example, I watched North Carolina Central men's basketball team go 16 and 0, and you had to play teams twice in your league. You see everybody at least once. You play a few teams twice, and you would go out there and they would run the same exact offensive sets week in week out. 
and we'd still end up beating teams by 10 points plus. Panama so, knew what Belgium was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That, that's, all, that's all I'm saying here. Sky Blue knows what we're going to do. The question just, is, can they stop it? And, and the answer is no. For Sky Blue, yes, the answer is no. They can't stop anybody right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> they couldn't stop their own shots at this point. Yeah. Uh, but, like I'm saying, like, Harvey, Harvey is just magical. Like, if mm-hmm. you didn't know, I, I was a Seattle fan before we got the courage. So I, I knew what she could get out of players in Seattle. And now she's doing the same thing in Utah. She just, she, she played a, she played a hell of a game on Saturday. Yes, she did. Yeah. So, yes, she did. It was a, it, it was a great game plan. So, full credit like, to her for it. We've seen Portland a lot of times. They've, they've beaten us once. Yep. Once? Yep. Yeah. Once. And the only time that it really mattered. And that's because half our players went off injured. We won't get into that right now. Mm. We won't get into that one. But it, they, you can know how we play. You still have to stop us. Exactly. So I think, I think even when we go into Seattle, they'll be able to counter it, but they won't be able to stop it still. And then when we get to Orlando, they'll be able to counter it, but they won't be able to stop it. I think the only difference is we'll, We'll play the you score two, we'll score three game in Orlando, I think. Well, it worked for us last time. Oh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> hey. Zach with Just a C asked, what is your walk-up music? And this is something that I've been thinking about for a while. Yeah. Uh, just recently, mm. um, at one point, my answer was the outro to uh, to Major by Kanye, but we had to cancel Kanye. <laughs> yeah. So um, my current answer is um, the entrance to uh, Wake Up by Rage Against the Machine, because if that doesn't get you hyped up, I don't know what else is going to do it. Yeah. Dang. What what you got, Ebony? So I've been thinking about this for a little bit. Um I was gonna go. I was gonna always. I mean, Beyonce is always a good choice. Um, just like, it was gonna be Formation, but then she came out with Ape Shit, <laughs> and I think that's my new walk up song. The I mean, Car- Beyonce's immortal. Yeah, the the Carters kind of killed it with that one, so <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go with that one. What you got, Dave? I'm gonna go way down in the weeds here because that's usually what I do musically. <laughs> um, there's an artist by the name of Grandson who did a song, the title alone should tell you enough, Bury Me Face Down. Oh. Okay. And, you know, the idea being bury me face down and all of you can kiss my ass. Um, ah. So, but it just hit, it has this really hard beat to it and it, the whole attitude of the song is, I am here and you may all commence to fucking write off. So... I like that one. Grand, yeah, that's pretty good. Gr- that's a, grandson, that's pretty good. bury me face down. Go look it up on Spotify. All right, we got a few questions left. Um, if animals could talk, which would be the rudest? Justin asked this. Long time, first time. Good friend of the pod. Good friend of the pod. Um, and I, my immediate answer is a kangaroo. Because kangaroos <laughs> are just mean. Yeah. They're really mean. Like, if they could talk, I, w- I would never go to Australia. <laughs> 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 Have you seen a kangaroo? I mean, that's... Okay, they're muscular. They will fight you over anything. And if they could talk, then they would. They would honestly run the entire continent, in my opinion. Sure, they would. Sure, they would. Uh, I, I, w- I'm just gonna go with the obvious answer here and say honey badger. Ah, uh, honey badger, honey badger, honey badger don't give a shit. And I think if honey badger could talk, you could. His mouth wouldn't give a shit either. I want to say monkey. Okay, why? Just because they're always up to no, no good. I think, like, have you ever seen a monkey in the zoo? I think. Yes. I think they'd be the ones that are, like, standing over in the corner, like, oh, look at that dumbass. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, I think they'd be the, probably the rudest animal mm. I've ever had to encounter. And I don't want to have to punch a, a monkey. I like monkeys. Yeah. But they, I think they'd be the rudest. And he also asked, uh, what's the most ridiculous fact that you know um, at one point? I don't know if this is still true, but at least at one point in history, Chicago had the largest Polish population outside of Warsaw. So that is a fact. <laughs> that is the prize, probably the, the most out there fact that I know. I don't have one. I don't know. <laughs> Why? Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> one, I'm from Illinois. Two, we have a holiday for Kazmierz Pulaski every March. Who was a Polish war hero. So, <laughs> there you go. 
this question has been asked to me way too quickly. And it's like every ridiculous fact that I think I might know has immediately flown out my head. <laughs> and all I have is are, you know, pointless things like the only team not to lose a game in the 2010 World Cup is New Zealand. I mean, that's, that's all that's. <laughs> oh, that's a, fact. that's a fact. Yeah, that that's a, a fact. I did not know that. That's a good one, though. Yeah. It's something. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> And uh, we'll get out of here on what is the most embarrassing thing that you have worn. And to piggyback off of your answer of um, rudest animal, because I immediately thought of Susical the Musical, <laughs> right? If anybody has seen it, they're the Wickersham brothers who are the meanest people in the jungle <laughs> who chase Horton around and take his speck and the truffle and the, the flower and won't give it back to him. Um, but... On par with that, the most embarrassing thing that I've worn, um, there's a photo of me from our tech rehearsal um, the day before opening, and one of the students was allowed to put the makeup on me, and I have way too much on, and that is the most embarrassing moment of my life right there. I would have to say it might have been during the uh, early days of Triangle Soccer Fanatics when I was participating in a St. Patrick's Day parade and there is a photo of me with a very large, bright green curly wig that is pretty heinous. Uh, I, 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 it was even worse than the, uh, the sort of leprechaun top hat I wore at the, the following year's uh, St. Patrick's Day parade, which I had to wear the day after uh, Duke lost to Notre Dame. Yikes. So, yeah. Okay. So, in 2015, Carly Lloyd scored a hat trick. Oh, I like this story. <laughs> I love this story. This is getting good already. <laughs> I made a bet with a friend, Steven. I said, Carly Lloyd will not do anything all tournament, and then she's going to show up for the final and do something ridiculous like score a fucking hat trick. He said, I bet you a jersey. I said, bet. Then she went and scored a hat trick in the final. So I came home and bought a Carly Lloyd fan club jersey. The white jersey with the green. The green trim, yep. yeah. And for, for those who don't know, Ebony is the president of the Carly Lloyd fan club. <laughs> oh, God. And I had to, in order to fulfill my bet, I had to wear that jersey to a USA game. Well, I wore that jersey in Nashville for, I believe it was She Believes. And that is probably the most embarrassing thing I have ever worn in my life. <laughs> Gold Um Yeah, I, I still have the jersey because I paid for it, prayed for that jersey to be printed. So I still own it, but I, it is the worst thing I've ever owned in my life and the worst thing I've ever put on my body. So. And there you have it. Um, I think that just about does it for uh, for question time. Thank you for um, using the hashtag Ask6PW. Use the hashtag all week. We'll try to answer your questions um, when we come back around for the podcast. Um, it's just about to the end of our show. Ebony, you have yes, words to say. I do. We are brought to you by the Tasty Beverage Company. That's tastybeverageco.com. Uh they have a shop down here in downtown Raleigh, North Carolina, and they have brand new koozies. You can check it out on our Instagram at Six Point Weekend. Uh, to, uh, walk on over, walk in, tell them Six Point Weekend sent you, and get yourself a new koozie on us. Thank you, Tasty Beverage Company, for that. And we're also part of the Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM. You can follow them on Twitter, BGN.FM. Uh, we're also friends of the pod on Soccer and Sweet Tea. Hashtag SNST fam. Thank you, Jonathan. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're at Six Point Weekend. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash Six Point Weekend. And leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you hear. Five stars, please. Five I'm star, very, five star, five star. I'm very vain, and I need the validation. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for all of your validation. Yes, thank you. And just a shout-out to everyone to let people know we are playing Louisville on Saturday at Salem Stadium at Wake Med Soccer Park, so feel free to come stomp with Oak City supporters yes. that uh, on Saturday evening. And if you're looking to check out the Courage game before that, um, Fortnite Brewery in Cary is going to have a watch party for the Courage game following the Germany-Sweden World Cup game. Show up for both of them. 
and then come to the Louisville game afterwards. It's a Pride Night game, so yes. we will still be matching donations for players. Um, we matched uh, Sam Kerr. I mean, not Sam Kerr, I'm sorry. Sam Mewis. Sam Mewis. Well, I was talking about Chicago, I'm so sorry. Uh, we'll be matching Sam Mewis for all of her games. Have we picked a men's side to match? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Oh, I mean, why not pick right now? I I think we should just go straight for Austin Duluth. Austin? We'll, I'd we'll say be, let's match for Austin Duluth. We'll be matching Austin Duluth. Um, hopefully you match us, matching him. He's been playing lights out this season. Yes, he so has. So I'm very proud to be uh, participating in that for playing with playing for Pride. Um, our banner has been up at all games, and we've had some very cool people signing our banners. We've had, um, we took it to DC. We had some DC players sign. We've had Bethlehem players sign. Obviously, Courage players have signed. NCFC players have signed. And we got Utah players to sign as well. Um, so we'll have that up as well. Um, Pride continues this week for the team. Pride Knights continue this um, week for the team. We'll be at Boxcar on Thursday. Yes. At 6.30. That's going to be fun. Um, did we forget anything? Oak City Classic. You can still sign up now. OakCitySupporters.com slash classic. And if you're watching the World Cup, come to London Bridge Pub. Yeah. They're, yes, indeed. They're open every day for every game, no matter the time. They're now partnering up with um, Capital City to bring you sandwiches at halftime for, for the 11 and 2 o'clock games. Blessed. So... Can't wait to see you guys here. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Jonathan. And thank you, Ebony. Bye. See you all next week. Peace. Peace.